And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms of apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the ninth edition of Red Side Trent. And we come off of Nottingham Forest extended their away unbeaten run to six matches since Steve Cooper came over following a one-all draw away at Reading. We roasted the lead when Philip Zinkenagle scored after three and a half minutes, a lovely solo goal. And then unfortunately we're pegged back about half an hour ago when Scott Dan was left unmarked from a corner and just prodded home. Um, the result leaves Forest to 13th and we are still six points. Oh, sorry, the gap's now gone to six points from playoffs as opposed to four. But it's one of those where the classic saying is that, oh, you know, you get a point away from home and it's, you know, generally speaking, a good point. I mean, obviously we, we've tested that <laughs> exception, that, that rule several times, namely at Reading and at Norwich, um, where a point away hasn't been a good result but this one it might have felt fair I suppose but I felt Forrest could have won the game and maybe had the better chances to win the game uh Reese, what do you think um I'm only going off the highlights this week because I was I was away and didn't go to the game but um perfect start absolutely brilliant goal by Zinkenagle you know he dropped the shoulder on two players in the finish um very convincing, no chance for the goalkeeper. Um, and then problem really comes when Max Lowe goes off. We, we mentioned this in previous pods about not really having any capable um, wing-backs to come in, um, hence why Colback played against Sheffield United. And, you know, Gaten Bong's come on and it just seems then the whole balance of the team has slightly tipped and it's just like, like a few of the players know they're kind of carrying a passenger and you know second half they I've seen they brought Andy Carroll on and they've scored from a set piece which was a really poor goal and mm. um, from our perspective um I mean I did predict one once so <laughs> I can kind of give me a set of thumbs up for that um I did, and I also did say though it was a game we could win, and it probably was a game we could have won. But away from home, obviously disappointing because we've gone ahead. But ready, ready to become a bit of a bogey side for us, and it, we always seem to typically, typically go ahead against them and then get pegged back. So mm. just same old. But away from home, you know, it's a, it's a decent point. And hopefully it gives us something to build on and we can go and beat um, Luton in midweek. 
I think that's the thing. I mean, I, I sort of a few fans are sort of talking about it up after the game as we're walking out. Obviously, we're in a very strange situation where I was the only one out of the four of us who actually got to go to the game. Where normally it's like I'm the one who doesn't get to go. But um, they were sort of saying like, if we beat Luton on Tuesday, then you know suddenly it's, it is a good away point. And I suppose from that sense it is because obviously you know you win your home games, you draw away from home. Generally speaking, over the course of the season, two points a game that gets you top six or higher. So we'll have to see how that goes. But I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll stick on the positives for now. Um, Adam, Zinkenegel's goal, piece of beauty, wasn't it? Yeah, lovely. As uh, Reese said, dropped the shoulder, beat a couple of players. I, I like the uh, the one-two that kind of gets him into that space. Um, and I thought, I touched on this when we played Preston, where Zinkenegel operated in the 10. And I wasn't quite convinced that him, Johnson, like a lolly or a Mighton, aren't, that, aren't good enough. But actually... The last couple of games, Zinconago's really stepped up and, and looked like um, the player we need in that position. Um, took his goal really well. like And you expect that from a Premier League quality player. Um, yeah, lovely. Like, it's, just, it's just nice that we score those type of goals as well, where someone can beat a couple of players and stick one in the, in the far corner. So, overall, really good, obviously poor how we consider the goal. That's 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 all we can really say. And obviously we'll probably get on to the to the big talking debate of the of the game where we could have won, I'm sure, Christian. Yes, of course. Yeah. It, it was one of those uh, uh, goals goal as well. It was where as soon as you saw him drop the shoulder, you sort of had a little glance down. You could see the keeper left that like little bit more space and you just think, oh, oh it's great. That sort of pre that you know it's a goal before it's a goal. One of those sorts of feelings. It was really nice. Especially after three and a half minutes as well. Um, great stuff. But um, yeah, also it's Joe Lolly's first assist of the season after what 14, 15 games, which I'm sure will be a least less sort of like what you have to work for really. Obviously, it's one of those where like this is why this is where these stats can come into sort of contention, really, because he's literally just given the ball to Zinkenagel and Zinkenagel's done the rest of the work. But it still counts, and yeah, he's on the mark off the mark, which is great to see. Lee, it was the way the goal came about was very frustrating. I mean, obviously we'll, we'll touch on Bong in a bit, but ultimately he didn't close down across. McKenna had to scramble it clear. And then from that resulting corner, Scott Dan prods home. It, how frustrating is it for you that we're conceding sloppy goals like that from a set piece? Yeah, it, it is a, still a bit of a concern. Um, I just think what, what I would say is it's not, a new manager is not going to come in and, you know, wave a magic wand at that. It's still got the same players. So I think in theory, the same mistakes will probably still creep in occasionally. Um, I think the challenge is just making sure we put the ball in the net more often than not at the other end. I think the fact that we've only had one game under Steve Cooper where we've not scored certainly bodes well. Um, what that probably does mean is that we're going to have a fair share of our, you know, draws, um, which mm. is a bit of a shame. But for now, I think it's all about... Again, it's 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 frustrating at one end because we're conceding goals, but at the other end, we are still sticking the ball in the net and taking leads in games. So, um, yeah, it's just frustrating more than anything. But at the same time, I think um, you can kind of get your head around it a little bit more because it's not, um, you know, the situation that we had when Chris Hewitt was here where we go a goal behind and we've definitely lost the game. Um, obviously, on Saturday, we actually scored first, so it was the other team chasing the game. Um it's frustrating we couldn't see it out, but I think it will take some time to, you know, to be keeping regular clean sheets. Yeah, it's definitely something Cooper has to work on. Hopefully he can nail that down on the training grounds. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess one of the other talking debates was, I'm sure we've all got some very strong views on this, was that Lewis Graben in the second half, quite close after the restart as well, a ball goes along into the corner, he chases it down, he rolls his defender superbly, keeps it in by the byline, cuts inside, works a shooting opportunity for himself, shoots, his shot beats the keeper, but it's cleared on the line by Liam Moore. Now, Twitter after the game, I suppose it's one of these, in hindsight, it seems a bad decision because they're sort of hammering Graben, saying, you know, oh, you should have passed it. And he, when you when you're when I watched the highlights, I did see there were a couple of yellow and orange shirts he potentially could have squared it to, but I no strikers surely passing from that position after doing all that hard work, Reese. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to say I played to the level of Scrabble, but I haven't. <laughs> but you know, I played like as a striker or tried to anyway. Um, and you know, the clip what was kind of going round really only showed Graben in the box taking it to the side of the keeper and shooting. Now, if you watch the full clip, he's completely spun their defender on a touchdown. I don't know if it was, maybe was it Scott Dan? I'm not sure. It was Dan, yeah. Just he completely him. spun him. Brilliant bit of play. You know, and he's marauded into the box and he took it to the side of the keeper and he's not even looked at the middle. He's fully focused his striker's instinct on scoring. And it, to be honest, he's a bit unlucky. You know, it's not as if I could understand a bit more if he'd have took it by the keeper and he's blazed it over. But he's hit the target and Liam Moore's read it and cleared it off the line. It was a bit unfortunate, really. And, you know, in hindsight, and it's not something I'm a fan of nowadays, it seems to be very, you know, all these freeze frames. You get it, like, with from the mainstream media of, like, challenges. And the perfect like freeze frame, and it's like, well, shows that you can't make decisions from a freeze frame in football. Um, no, I, 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 I completely understand why Graben's gone for it. You know, after doing all that hard work, you know, you when you <laughs> it's hard because I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking from like a Sunday league aspect here <laughs> from what I've played. So, you know, when you've done all that hard work, you think to yourself, I want to finish this off. That. You know, that instinct in me wants to score a brilliant goal, thinking I've done all the hard work, you know, let me finish it off. You know, in hindsight, and, you know, we're all okay sitting on Twitter looking at it. Yeah, he should have passed, but I completely understand why, with the form he's in, you know, and the striker, the level of striker he is in the championship, why he's gone for it. <laughs> and it kind of seemed like, you know, then all of a sudden it was all his fault when we've badly defended the corner. That isn't his fault. You know, if, if, if we'd have defended the corner correctly, we would have won 1-0. So exactly. it's not just Graben's fault of lots yesterday. You know, and I'd like to think he's got us a bit of points in the bank for the amount of times, you know, like against Sheffield United, for example. Mm. You know, he's got us out of the shit. So, yeah. To be honest, it's I, like... Got no... Yeah, qualms with him going for it personally. I was actually more annoyed with his second chance where Garner, Garner was very good. It's worth notes mentioning. Garner was very. Mm, good it did, didn't on. show that on the highlights, disappointingly. Oh yeah, so, so um, the Garner literally within seconds of coming on, I don't know. What, um, he's basically um, shrugged his man and spanned him basically, and played played the ball into the gap. Graben's gone through it. He's taken it round um, the keeper, and he's hit it into the side netting. And I was actually more annoyed with that chance because I felt he could have done better there. 
And I don't know if it's because I think Rabham used to play for Reading. I think he had a pretty negative loan spell there. Maybe he was just trying too hard. And, you know, he came out on his shooting. And yeah, but Adam, what did you make of the miss? Well, say miss, but the opportunity that went uh, uh, begging. I'm actually in agreement with you, Christian, because I've seen the highlight and I thought he's gone around the keeper and he's at the side netting. Mm. Um, and actually, he's probably got a bit more. I don't, maybe he's not got as much time to compose himself to hit the target there, but like someone of his ilk, you expect him to. And obviously, yeah. that it's going to happen where people play strikers are going to miss. It's just a given. But the the chance where everyone's absolutely lambasting him is laughable because he's probably got like tunnel vision of the goal. He probably mm. ain't got. He's probably not seen a high vis shirt in the middle. Um, no matter no matter how glaringly like visible they are, <laughs> um, so it's it's like doomed doomed if you do doomed if you don't kind of thing. Because what happens if he passes the ball and some and the, the other player misses? Because then they're going to go oh Graben should have shot. He can't really win. It's a Harry um, Kane situation. I, the World Cup, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Um, what I find most funny is um, people doing the complete U-turn of Graben saying, oh, he's shit again. <laughs> um, when um, I think uh, Lee pulled up a stat about him having the best conversion rate in the championship, um, which is unreal when you've got cheat code Mitrovic at Fulham. So that just says it all, really. Um, yeah, I've, I've got no qualms. Graben will score harder chances than that. So yeah. Um, and he'll and he'll and he'll and he'll miss him and he'll and he'll score him as well. Like it's just it's just one of them. It's just a part of being a footballer, I guess. No, it's very true. It's you're right. He does. Anything has this very weird tendency to score the harder chance and sort of. Like, I remember <laughs> remember at Leeds when we won two 0 the last big win with fans, and he sort of had that open goal and just sort of didn't look up where the keeper was and sort of just put it straight at him where he had another yeah. goal to aim for. And then, you know, I remember against Bolton when Carvalho played him in um, back in the Cranker days. He had a really like, acute angle. And he still managed to find, like, the insides of the, of the far post past the keeper. It's like, how have you done that? So, like, that's just the way he is. And like you said, when he starts putting away the easier chances, then you, he is, uh, yeah, we'll come on to it in a bit because obviously we've got, we've got the question, we've got the feedback for you. But it's, yeah, an interesting situation for sure. Lee, one of the things that we saw on social media in the aftermath of the game, it wasn't just Forest fans that were going for Graben. Obviously, we saw David Johnson, um, for, former Forest number nine, exception number nine, that uh, claimed that he was very selfish. Um, do you think that's a bit harsh? I mean, do you think surely he would have all people would understand that having rolled a man and run into the box and got into a, a good shooting area, he had every right to shoot there? Yeah, I mean, listen... Um... <laughs> David Johnson kind of earned the right to have his say when he scored the goals he did during his career uh, at the level he did. Um, but I mean, it, it doesn't mean I have to agree with him, and I think he got this one badly wrong. I think, for starters, I don't think it, I don't think it sets a great tone when his son Brennan is a, a teammate of Lewis Grabbins. Now, I, I don't care what anyone says. In this day and age, people players see what goes on social media. They see who's putting stuff on social media. Lewis Graben might not be active on social media, but I dare bet he sees what goes on there. And I just don't think it... I'm not saying he's going to go in and, you know, go marching up to Brennan Johnson, oh, what's your dad saying about me? I don't <laughs> think one minute that happens at all. But I just don't think... It, it's just not... I mean, I, I was centre-forward selfish to the point where he likes scoring goals. I mean, 
yeah, that's what they do. I mean, it's a difficult one because yeah, hindsight is great. We all we all saw the bigger picture. We've all seen the camera angle where it's a five yard pass and it's two nil. Well, unless something miraculous happens and Jack Colbert puts it into orbit from four yards, but yeah, I think it's a difficult one. It's it's one mistake. And of course, I said that on social media that it was one mistake. And oh, what about the miss against such and such? What about the miss against such and such? What about the fifty-one goals? Yeah, and, and people are really, people are really not. The same people probably couldn't tell you the teams he scored against, but ask them when he missed one from twelve yards. <laughs> they're, they're on it, <laughs> like you know. But yeah, I mean, hindsight, he should have passed, but he didn't. Um, he scored eight goals this season. He was a bit selfish. One thing I would say. You know, taking all the you know the comedy value out of what I've just said. If you look at it, all happens pretty quickly, and I think as soon as he shifts that ball onto his left foot, his his thought is just to shoot. Mm. Um, yeah, like this is where the hindsight comes in. If you just have a quick glance up there, the way he's facing, he sees two yellow shirts there just to tap it in. He doesn't. He's already got it in his head. He's going to shoot. It's an error. It it, it happens. He, that's why he plays for Nottingham Forest and we're thirteenth in the championship because. You know, four or five times out of ten, he might not get it right. Um, mm. But it's one of the things. He bails us out more often than not. And I think for, for an ex-striker to be going on social media and putting the words, he's so selfish, I just think that's pretty poor form, to be fair. Yeah, it was certainly a contentious one. I mean, like, even Bertles, Bertles, like, <laughs> coming out and saying, like... Um, oh, you know, it's, it's potentially a difference between three and one point. I don't think that's fair either. Like, I mean, I understand their viewpoints and where they're coming from and saying, yeah, you should have squared it or whatever else. But it wasn't the reason why we didn't win that game. Like, it's, it's silly to think it is because it's Raven's miss does not contribute to Scott Down being left pretty much unmarked from a corner. So, yeah, oh, it's just... It just, it's just and I, th- I think as well, I don't know if you'd agree with this, Christian. I saw a couple of other things on social media uh, from people that were at the game. Um, mm. obviously I wasn't, you were but um, they were saying at the time that no one in the away end was actually saying that he should have squared it because it all happened so quickly Absolutely yeah. no one did, it was just like no. a groan that was like, oh, someone's, someone's cleared it off the line it's like, oh, that's, that's unlucky, it's unfortunate there was no one screaming square it there was no one going, oh my god, look at the shots like, no one, absolutely no mm. one it's like, like I mentioned earlier on the pod like, it's like the Harry Kane against Croatia thing all over again, isn't it? Like, you know, it, it, Yeah should he square it to Sterling? No, of course not, because he has every right to shoot in that position. I don't yeah. know. I just think, yeah, it's mounting out of molehill for me. I think it's the same when it's the same with any any moments in football. I mean, you think, if you think about the the numerous refereeing decisions we see, sometimes you see something and no one in the ground will want anything. Then you mm. see a replay of it and it, it's two footed knee eye, and you think, bloody hell, didn't see that. <laughs> it, 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 it's the same with with actual passages of play. Sometimes that football's played at a quick pace, and sometimes. You know, you watch something back and you think, oh, actually, you should have passed that. But just one of those things. People just need to take a rack off. There's like no middle ground with Forest fans, is there? No, it really isn't. No, it's either you're exceptional or the worst thing in the world. <laughs> That's part of the journey, I suppose. Um, we do have, uh, as you touched on earlier, Reese. we are in a bit of a pickle because now that Lowe has suffered a groin injury, which would put, which will probably put him out of the losing game on Tuesday, and the West Brom game on Friday, uh, both of which are on Sky Sports, by the way. The Luton game is on the red button and the uh, West Brom game is on actual Sky. So with low injured, we've now got Kate and Bond potentially back in the mix. And I can tell you when he came on, the reaction around me was not good. 
like it was one of like ridicule laughter and when you watched him play you could see why I mean the polite thing to say is that he might have been unfit that was his first game since Derby he was out of practice whatever else the not so nice thing to say is that he won his fucking Forest contract in a raffle and he's possibly the worst left back to play for the club so Forest is sort of stuck in limo at a minute because from my perspective anyway if he plays in these two games we're probably going to lose so Reese, what do Forest do to combat this issue? Um, to, to be honest, I thought, you know, we spoke about this before we started recording, I thought it was a strange sub um, because Cooper, when we played Sheffield United, deemed Bong not to be good enough to start and he played a, a natural central defensive minute left back that game. So I'm surprised he didn't do that again yesterday. But on the flip side of that, he probably might have, one, wanted to have a look at Bong. And two, I know Lee said in his group chat earlier that, you know, and especially with Colback's form as well, he wants Colback in the middle, which is fair enough. I just think us having Bong in the team significantly weakens the team. Mm. As I said in my first point at the start of the pod, the balance of the team. Um, and it's a, it's a big concern. I, I don't like to be ultra-critical on players at all, but, you know, and he, he, he does seem <laughs> a nice bloke and that, but it's a bit laughable, really. Again, like I mentioned to you guys pre-recording, crew pre-season, he come on and was 2 a up cruising. I know this is only pre-season, but he got that ripped apart by these two lads on the wing for crew. People was, like, laughing, and it ended up 2-2, two, two, and... Like Forest fans were like laughing, and you kind of have to laugh. But you know, we're a professional football club in the second tier. <laughs> you know, it's not a Sunday League team, and I just hope he isn't involved really, because yeah, that's a big concern, especially against West Brom, because they'll have you know a bit extra quality than Luton. I know if they got. I'm not sure who plays on. They've got Dean Garner and Dean Callum Robinson, aren't they? You know, they, they were Premier League players last season. So, yeah, it, it is a concern. But it is like we said again. It's something we've mentioned in previous pods. Um, we haven't got that cover, and it's disappointing. And Lee, you know, mentioned this in the early stage of this podcast. You know, where's Drager? Where's how long is Osei Tutu going to be out for? These local journeys, we don't seem to hear nothing about, you know, you know, we know we've seen with So, didn't we? Um, he's had another setback. We don't really, we've not heard nothing about Drager or Osei Tutu apart from random football Twitter accounts who have nothing to do with Forrest. Um, I know apparently um, Alan March replied to me on Twitter saying that Drager's off to the Arab Cup. So, Soon, so, but you're not even not even. This isn't even like common knowledge. Would be nice to Forest fans, yeah. And, and 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 we don't even know. So from like the local press, so yeah, it, it's a worry. But it's up to Super Cooper and hopefully can, um, you know, do the right thing for us. You'll be glad. Which, in my opinion, isn't bong. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be glad, Adam, that um, the Super Cooper chant was getting a bit more traction at Reading, it seems. It, it was, was uh, really it was, good. Um, it seems to be carrying. It was really good against Preston. 
Yeah, it was good against Preston. Yes. Um, my 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 take on the issue is I think I think he'll go back to the five at the back and play Cole back at left wing back, and then so you've got someone like Scott McKenna who can cover him a bit more and help him a bit more because if you play in a defensive midfielder, they though they know Jack Colback is his main attribute is defending and retrieving the ball. They are going to target someone who's not natural there. But if you've got someone like Scott McKenna, um, the site of 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 the league's Beckenbauer, as I like to call him, um, I'm sure I'm sure Colback will feel a bit more assured, and I think that gives us more balance as well. And then you can play. Uh, Garner alongside. Oh, I know Yates is not there, so it's like it's. It, that's I think that's where it's a tricky one. Yeah. Um, so then, do, do you see an Ayada and, and a Garner in centre mid? That's that's another issue. Or do you finally pull pull a Jaden Richardson out of the under twenty threes or a Finn back to come and play it right back and move Jed Spence to left wing back? I I don't really know, but he's got a few options um, there. It will be interesting to see how we go in these next two games, well, especially against Luton, because we've not got Ryan Yates. Well, Ryan Yates will be back for the uh, West Brom game. So, mm. yeah, it's going to be interesting. But that's how I would probably go. I'd probably end up going to the five. I think, like, maybe Cooper didn't put Cole back there because it probably involves bringing Zinkenagel a bit into the central midfield. And maybe he didn't want to do that. He'd rather him get in that, in that number 10 space. So maybe he didn't want to waste two substitutions of like I've been able to keep him there sort of thing. I don't know it's it's a tricky one I think. I think it's a bit more complicated than it than than it seems it's more complicated than you say then you're right because obviously the issue is that Ryan Yates has picked up his fifth yellow card in the season literally the day before the um the cutoff point as well so he misses the game against Luton so I, I think watching I mean Colback was my man of the match against Reading so I can see why he might not have been reluctant to sort of he was literally win the midfield on his own so it, at that point, it did make little sense to move him to left wing back. However, when the alternative is Bong, <laughs> um, but no, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Because I mean, we could see Fauna come back in. Um, we don't know how Jade is doing. We could see Cafu come back in. It's going to be, either way, I think it's going to be a new midfield for Forest on uh, Tuesday, at the very least, because it, it, we're going to have to play Carbac at left back. If we're going to have any chance of being competitive in these games, because you said about mentioning... Um, the other team pinpointing Colback as a left wing back. The second Bong came on, they basically overloaded their entire right hand side, every single attack. The left winger for Reading may as well have just been making daisy chains. The second Bong came on because it was every single ball was down that right hand side. And every single time Bong was late to close down, he wasn't he was in the wrong place. I noticed that he's very drawn to the ball. So he was coming into like McKenna's sort of like zone, if you like. And that obviously left acres of space to the other side and they were switching it there every single time it was horrific and a better team will put us to the swords and obviously Luton are in better form than Reading and West Brom are a much better side than Reading so don't know where he is <laughs> shit if he does play then well it is quite baffling because you know he was a stalwart for Brighton for what was it two or three consecutive seasons when they were pushing for promotion mm. and yeah yeah he's, yeah he's come to us he just looks not, not even championship level player, not even like the team who's. He wouldn't even. I know, Derby are bottom with the minus, but he wouldn't even get Derby's team, would he? Let's be no, honest. He, w- he wouldn't get in any of the newly promoted sides. No, no he wouldn't get in any team in the league. And you, you're asking him to come in for a side who's got aspirations of trying to get in the top six. It's just not going to yeah, work. I, is I, it? 
I think when his contract's up in the summer, there'll be a lot of people yeah, behind the gone. scenes who are who we have a, a quiet little fist pump to themselves. <laughs> Me um, will be one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just and I reckon he'll probably go abroad as well because I don't see how he stays. Well, I farmed him out to the MLS on Football Manager, so that's probably <laughs> the type of place where of he, I think he went to Nashville, I think. Did so you have to give them money to take him? No, they, 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 took, they took him on a free, which I was absolutely delighted with. And Jordan <laughs> Smith the same as well. Good, my goodness. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a good question for you, Lily. Um, I'm sure you'll appreciate this one. So you've got a choice to pick your left back for Nottingham Forest Football Club. And your choices are Dan Harding, Gino Padula, and Gaten Bong. Who are you choosing? Wow. <laughs> um, can we play with Sen? <laughs> we basically did when Bong came on. So yeah. um, I think out of those three, they're all awful, aren't they? I mean, they've all been pretty decent at all the clubs, haven't they? Yeah, it's like like Reese was saying with uh, Bong at Brighton, the stalwart. Like, yeah. Padgett was decent for QPR, Harding was decent for Southampton. Yeah. Come to Forest, it's like a left back's graveyard. <laughs> the curse of Stuart Pearce. That's tricky. Um, I'm going to go for Dan Harding just on the basis that he was probably slightly less shit than the other two. <laughs> and I, I mean that in almost the nicest way possible. I just. Padula hardly played for us, and like I said the other week, the best thing he did was take Megson out, which says it all about his footballing ability. <laughs> and Bong's just like you say, I mean, people, I've seen people from Saturday say he wasn't that bad, but ultimately the goal came from another mistake. You look at the Brentford game last year, we probably beat a team that gets promoted if he doesn't body slam Ivan Tony in the box after 10 minutes. It's, it's that you can always accommodate a player in your squad making mistakes if they learn from them but he just does the same stupid things over and over again mm. yeah it is a concern and we'll have to see how Cooper manages that moving forward anyway we're going to move on to a um, somewhat interesting point in that obviously we wouldn't normally comment on um, our rivals and well not of any sincerity unless we were playing them but something did catch my eye it was that obviously it's now been announced that Derby have been hit <laughs> finally with their nine-point deduction um, from the EFL, taking their total points deduction since to 21. They, to be fair to them, somewhat impressively beat Bournemouth today, so they're now on zero points um, after 18, 19 games, whatever it is. But I was surprised by the amount of Forest fans that had genuine sympathy for them. I was like, oh, you know, they're still sort of saying, like, oh, you know, we feel really bad for the fans and whatever. Fuck the fans. Like, I'm sorry, I, that might sound crass. <laughs> I don't care. Like, if you look at the rap sheet and what Derby have done, the only people you feel sorry for are local businesses that are going to get shafted because of administration. They've not only just broken the rules, they've basically windmilled in front of the EFL HQ uh, with Mel Morris, just taken a piss out of the whole league and gone way, way over. But they deserve everything they get. If anything, they're lucky it's not more than minus nine points. Uh, Reese, is that me being overly harsh or is that <laughs> just something that has baffled you as well? No, not at all. Um, I do think, and this is not a criticism, I do think Forest fans are quite soft sometimes um, on everything, really. Um, we've seen that over the last few years that 
with some players, a minimum of effort is good enough for Nottingham Forest. Jamie Wards. Yeah, you know, we can list a lot of players. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't got no sympathy for No, I do speak to a, a couple of Derby fans who are decent lads and I can have a good football chat with them. Do I have a bit of sympathy for them? The tiniest bit because I, I like him as a person. Do I have sympathy for all the Derby fans who a lot of them don't even go to games as seen by they've lost 10,000 off the attendance now they're doing crap from when they was in the playoffs. Um, the glory hunting fans um, or the fans that absolutely loved um, us under Fawaz started a chant about our chairman passing away. You know, need I go on? Or, and literally lapped up Mel Morris's business um, dealings and literally thought they was going to get away with it. You know, the chickens have come home to roost and now nah, they're going to have to reap what they sow and that is probably going to be League One, mm. which... <laughs> Very good win today, and to be fair, I I, I, I hate the blow, Rooney, but he has done a, a good job this season because there'd be two points behind us, so they'd be mid-table without that deduction, and that with that squad to get a mid-table is a, a very good job. It's um, like, but he's in a win-win situation all round, isn't he? They yeah, it, oh, he's he's doing it, he's doing it for his own self-interest because if he walks out on that job. Other teams who maybe look at recruiting will say, "Wow, he fucking nearly took him down last season," and then he's walked out when the going's got tough. Well, we don't want him with us because it gets going gets tough with most managers. So, <laughs> yeah, he it was a good win for him today. Um, I'm surely they can't survive staying up. It would take three absolutely horrific sides, but <laughs> that happened last year. So, yeah. Um, but the weird thing is, I, I imagine Derby fans would enjoy League One because they'll see it as one. <laughs> if they beat us, they'd obviously get the Brian Clough Trophy. Two, they would see it as an achievement if they got back up within three years better than what we did. And three, they would also see it as an achievement if they got far in that pub competition, what they have in that league, um, playing. Premier League on the 23 team, another absolute farce. So, yeah, I've I've got no sympathy. I couldn't care less about him, to be honest. I just want my main priorities, Forest winning mm. every week. And if we win every week, whatever Derby do, I'm happy. Yeah, what about you, Adam? Do you think, are you surprised, were you surprised to see a few Forest fans sort of like offer an olive branch of sorts to our um, beleaguered neighbours? They just, I think they've got something wrong with them, if I'm honest. I mean, like, I'm, I'm in the same boat as, as Reese. I've got like Derby mates and stuff. Like, I used to work for a company who, uh, and the owners were, were Derby supporters, but they were like, it was quite good, like, with, with the banter and stuff. It was, yeah, it was just like, hey, up, and just calling each other a few names under the sun. And then, and then, but that'd be it. It wouldn't be no, no more. Um, I feel sorry for the people who probably work for the club. Like, I've probably been there for years and years and stuff. They'll probably have to lose their jobs because they're gonna to have to make cuts or whatever they've got to do. Um, but overall, I'm not that bothered. Like I think I think the the rivalry has died off a lot in the last few years. And I mean, we said this when we had um Jason on from from the 
Rams Review podcast. I just think like the rivalry is crap at the moment. I couldn't care less about about Derby. I'm not even that bothered about hating them half the time. I wouldn't want them to get liquidated because I've seen what happened. <laughs> I draw with... the line at that. <laughs> yeah, well, no, because I've seen what happened like with like Barry and Wimbledon and and teams like that. And you're like, and it's people's livelihoods at the end of the day. And I think like football is such a big thing for people's like mental health and like seeing their friends or family that you might not see because I think everyone at, even at Forest can relate to that mm. so I wouldn't want that to happen I think that's like yeah that's where I draw the line because it's happened at other clubs and it's probably hurt a lot of other people's uh, weekends and all that sort of stuff although a lot of them clubs obviously get rebirthed yeah but in like much sense. lower leagues I, 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 yeah um but yeah, I, I I'm not that bothered really. Um, like 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 Reece said, R- Rooney's in a win-win now. Like he looks like God. Um, and honestly, I would not be shocked if they re- if it goes to like the last day again because they're only five wins behind like Hull and Hull are horrendous. They did win this, so though. how they get to see the win at Birmingham? Oh uh, well, yeah. So but uh, they are horrendous. So you know, it's it's not impossible, but it. It's, it would yeah, be, the odds are against them. Like, yeah, I do agree. The odds are massively yeah. against them, and with their squad size, it's 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 going to be difficult. But whatever, I'm not bothered. I just want us to do well. Like that's yeah. first and foremost. Very much so. Very much so. Lee will make it a hat trick. Then, what's your uh, take on the whole derby situation? Do you feel sympathy for them at all? Or uh, no, um, <laughs> I'm not going to finish there though. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's an interesting one for me because I. I used to work for the company that sponsored Derby shirts uh, by mobilephones.net. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I obviously got to know a lot of Derby fans through that job. Um, and how I can sum it up is one or two of them were really sound and they'd really kind of, they'd have a conversation with you about, um, you know, you know, level-headed stuff like, oh, I can't believe you're in League One. I can't believe you're down there. It's, you know, it's pretty sad that we're not going to play you that sort of stuff. And, and there was sincerity in, in those um, notions. But then for every one of them, there was three who were just, to put it bluntly, absolute tossers. Just, <laughs> you know, openly despised me because I supported Forest. I mean, I've, I've always taken the stance that I've never been like that with anyone. Mm. It's like, oh, don't talk to him, he's a red dog. It's like, what does that even mean? It's like, it's like me saying, oh, I, I'm, a, I'm in my mid-20s, I'm going to call you a sheep shagger. It's like... Yeah, I get it. It's rivalry, but I mean, come on. So yeah, it was always for those fans. I'm, I think it's hilarious. Uh, you know, they're also the sort of fans who only went to two games a year, and it was usually when they got to Wembley or the playoff semi-final, <laughs> when Forest conveniently beat them in the league. Oh well, I'm not that big of a fan, you know. I, I haven't been going for a few years. Um, and and then the ones who were all right were typically season ticket holders. So for them, people who have been going like through, you know, the tough times. When they had the likes of Jake Buxton at the back and Connor Salmon pulling the strings Connor at the front. Salmon, Jesus. Yeah, they're they're the people I feel sorry for, but it's it's the same in football, isn't it? It's always the fans that suffer. Um, mm. But I, because we've been down there, I think it'd be nice for them to kind of. They've always said over time that oh, it, it won't take Derby three years to get out of league one. Well, we'd be straight back up. So let's see. <laughs> I, I can't see them staying up. I'd be amazed if they stayed up. Um, yeah. They're going to need fifty points, so I mean, fifty is the bare minimum. So they might need might need fifty five from now, which is it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, let's hope so. so yeah, I mean, what what's going to be equally hilarious for me is that 
England could be playing Tunisia in the evening and they could be on the box against Port Vale on the lunchtime kickoff. <laughs> um, that that would that would be they've got to schedule a derby game on the same day as an England game. That would be absolutely hilarious. That would be very funny. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to see. We we'll have to see. Um, also, it's, uh, we would like to take a uh, moment out to give special thanks to Rose Gallery, who very kindly redesigned our logo for us. We're moving up in the world, but yes, they do uh, a number of brilliant items, and brilliant art. Um, you, you've surely you've seen bits and pieces around the city ground, all the stickers and whatever else. Uh, please give those guys a follow. Look at their page. They've got some really good stuff on there, especially if Christmas come around the corner. I'm sure you'll find something that you or a loved one or a Forest fan would like. So thanks again, Rose Gallery. You can follow them on Twitter at gallery underscore rogues. Check it out. Um, so we're going back to, uh, we asked you all a question. Yes, we asked you all a question about um, whether, obviously following on from the last pod, whether we, you felt, well, obviously we all have our own views, as to who was the actual best striker Forest have had since 2000s, which yielded some very interesting responses. We got quite a lot of them. Uh, Kieran says, mine is Robbie Earnshaw. Ash Davis is Graben's number one, if you go to goals to game ration, ratio, sorry. Ben David Johnson seconds. Uh, we got, you know, it's got a massive response for this session, which we're quite sort of, you know, taken aback by. So thank you very much for that. Uh, City Ground Shelf, Matt Barno says, Graben, stats don't lie. David Johnson's a close second, unbelievable 0203 season. Honourable mentions for Unsure as well, as he seemed to pop up with goals when we needed it most. Uh, Grow Up Dan, one of my favourite Twitter accounts, says, Graben will be number one if he did a somersault whenever he scores. And given by the reaction he got by that miss, he's probably not wrong. Uh, <laughs> and we got, well, uh, grabs easily, grabbing, but Ernie's a close second. Uh, Mark Poyser, Brit before the knee injury was unplayable, so him first, Ernie close second. Interesting because Lee said that as well. And he said that, you know, but for the um, injury, you know, Brit was that explosive powerhouse striker that potentially could have taken us to the promised lands. Uh, Emma says Ernie or Graben. And then Ben says, we'll be grabbing for me. Best signing we've made this century after Antonio. Polo says, it's Robbie Earnshaw. Two playoff campaigns. Winner in the first minute at Pride Park. Banging celebration. Always played with a smile on his face. So, and then we've got Richard Chapman says, Harewood for me. Unbelievably frustrating at times, but really could produce moments of magic and score out of nowhere. And then, you know, again, uh, then PDNFFC, David Johnson, 100%. It was a really like a, a wide split. It was very difficult to narrow it down to one. I think you know maybe Earnshaw or Graben was sort of take the top. We've got another one, Adam, Andy Munro says, I would have Britt on his output for us. He hasn't been the same post-injury. Represented very good business to sell. And again, £15 million for someone who really hasn't hit those heights since. As was in hindsight a very good decision. Anyway, thank you all for your submissions. It's uh, certainly been interesting to see your views. Have you changed your view at all? Any of you guys having similar responses? Are you still going with um, what you went for? Um, go on, where's Nathan Tyson? Where's Nathan Tyson on the list? <laughs> I did think of incident. I, I did think of him for the shortlist, but <laughs> and the go go is another one as well. Go go is good. Yeah, it's a goals really. Even and even Grant Holt was as a ready to be modest. I, I but, would love to do the opposite of this and see who our worst striker is because I think that list would be considerably longer. Oh, yeah. Well, someone uh, someone <laughs> oh, jokingly sent in a picture God. of Makeda, one of his free games. <laughs> yeah. So, he definitely... I mean, there's, some quali- there's, some co- there's some absolute top-notch banter strikers we've had. I think you could narrow it down because there was a few awful ones, but they did actually score for us. 
Um, the likes, I think Neil Harris might have dropped him one and Doby got a couple and Bentner got a couple, but there was some who didn't score at all. Touching on the best striker, I mean, I've, I've toyed with it for a while and obviously, like I think, likeability, people would probably say like an Earnshaw, a, a Johnson or or uh, a Brit. But for me, I think it is... I think Rabin just nudges it because of the age he comes to us at yeah. um, and the age he is now and how good he still he still is. Um, but I mean, like like what Lee said about Britt, if, if Britt doesn't do his knee in and we don't have a, a merry-go-round of managers, he, he probably scores 25 to 30 goals maybe for us because he was just an absolute brilliant poacher. Um, and, and we either get promoted or we sell him for similar money. That like the likes of Neil Mope went to Brighton, Ollie Watkins went to Villa. Yeah, um, I guess it's a friend move. And, 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 and yeah, and etc. He, 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 we we get a lot of money for him, and obviously it benefits us to to build a squad or whatever. But I think Graben just overall all round. I mean, like the the goal that we spoke about earlier that he didn't score where he he rolls a defender. He does that quite a lot, mm. um, and he's really good at it. He's good at he's good at pretty much most of the things as a footballer. Uh, yeah, he's can be frustrated, but what what footballer isn't either? No, it's very true. And for what it's I, I, I was also still sick with Graben. Um, I just think that, again, people are probably annoyed because he didn't score. And again, he, he won't be as widely popular as perhaps other strikers, but for me, he's the best. Like the Rasmus 2000 by far. It's, for me... I am struggling to pick one because <laughs> I know it has been this century, but Haywood and Johnson played as a two. They bounced off one another. Um, and then, like, Britt, Ernie as well, he played kind of with Blackstock quite a or bit. Or Anna Bowler or... Yeah, Adebola, he always had someone with him, yeah. Um, so I find it difficult. But, so I'll kind of give a bit of... Um, what I think on each player, <laughs> it would have been interesting if social media would have been around when David Johnson joined because he was a bit of a flop, wasn't he, at first? Uh, yeah, had a couple, of, loan, a had a couple of loan spells, yeah. Um, and then that season with Harewood, they both clicked and they got over 50 goals, I think, that season, which is crazy numbers, really. Um, Harewood... He's probably still one of the fastest players in his prime I've seen at Forest. I remember the season after um, we got in the plus, we played Sheffield United, the game in which Johnson broke his leg. Mm. He gave Robert Page about a 10-yard head start and he absolutely blew him still. <laughs> nudged him away, nudged him onto the floor. And I think Paul Gerrard was in goal and Sheffield United and he bent it past him into the bottom corner. Um, so yeah, them two with that season, and again, a real shame for Johnson because he broke his leg into that kind, and then Megson come in and yeah, and here selling Harewood was another one of the Dan would cycles for Forest because he was a major player. We sold him the peanuts and then signed Marlon King for like double that amount, and wasn't Marlon King was in the, wasn't in the same league as Harewood. No, at least not for us. He was very good for Watford, wasn't he? Mm. Like, but I think the thing with <laughs> yes. Harewood is that um, yeah. I suppose 
one Harewood is potentially being overlooked in this one, from my, in, from my view, because he's so he was so young. Like we were watching Harewood come through mm. the ranks at Forest, and you could see and, the Premier League player in waiting. And to be fair to Harewood, he went on into the Premier League and scored goals. Scored in the FA Cup final, yeah. I think, as well. Yeah, semi final. I think he got the oh, winner. Semi final, final. Yeah, yeah. 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 Played um, in the final. Sorry, I was there. Yeah. So yeah, he like proper strode on. And I, I remember King coming in and didn't hit the ground running. So fans was always on his back a bit mm. because Marlon was like probably the talisman at that point. And linking up with um, Joe and doing exactly what he's doing with Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, like Ernie, because he come from Derby and like, like Dan said, did that somersault. He loves a goal against him as well. Yeah, yeah. he was likeable, Ernie. Very likeable and a, a very good striker as well. I remember when he absolutely tore Leicester apart with the 5-1 oh, scored a hat-trick. Absolutely lethal. And then, obviously, we're coming on to more of the modern-day ones. Brett, again, you know, like we said, people said before that leg break, him and Antonio, that little combination. Britt was a proper poacher. Strength. Had a decent turn of pace. Not dead fast, but pretty all round. Always seemed to be in a... Or he was probably the best, I think, positional striker we've had for me. Always mm. seemed to be in a good position. Um, and then obviously now we've got Graben, who probably his main attribute to me, what sticks out is his hold up play, can hold it up really well. Never, you never really see him like get shrugged off the ball or lose the ball when he's in possession of it. So it, it is really tough. But you know, grabbing one more goal and he becomes our highest scorer since the turn of the century. So he deserves a bit more respect for me. Yeah, completely some great. people just, I don't know why. I, I kind of do know why. Because, and it's like what we touched on earlier. Some chances he misses, you think, oh, bloody hell, how's he missed that? You know, I mean, like the Leeds one and. I remember he went round the keeper last season against Rotherham, didn't he? And he got loads of stick for that. But then you look at some of the goals he does score, and I had a look, I watched a few midweek, and there was like the the one against Hull under Sabri. He started the move like in our half, and he ended up on the end of it, did their defender, and gave like the keeper the eyes and slammed it in at the near post. And you you wouldn't expect him to score that goal, but that kind of gets lost in people's memories. No, you're, you're yeah. which is a shame, really. It's a shame, and I hope uh, there will be a point. I think at some point where we do appreciate just how good Grabman has been for us, and hopefully it comes soon because he's been a tremendous uh, Forest, and hopefully he gets a contract extension as well. Lee, I think by and large, you know, we'll come to you this one. We, we sort of, I say, largely stuck to our guns. I'd say, but I'm guessing you're still your your choice for best striker since 2000 is still Brett. Yeah, I think it is. Um... For the same reasons, really, it, it typically came up trumps um, against Derby. He <laughs> um, typically he'd go on periods. I mean, Graben's done this as well, to be fair, where he scores pretty much every game. Son Blanc had a lot of games like that. Um, one thing that I would say that I think probably ticks a box more so in Graben's favour for me is that Graben had probably five separate injuries last year. That's true. He's come back this year and scored eight. Um, in what? No time at all. If you take away bloody Newton's shocking first seven games, he's scored eight in no time at all. So I think that is that is good. And he's done that at an age that's a lot older than Brit. Um, yes. So yeah, that, again, I'm kind of talking myself out of still picking Brit here, but I think that is one thing that Graben's got in his favour. Um, 
But yeah, I think it's just for when we first signed Britt, he raced out the blocks, he started scoring straight away. And like I say, he did have that kind of box office element of when the ball went around him anywhere near the goal. Uh, to a lesser extent, a bit like Collymore, you just knew that something really good was going to happen. Mm. I mean, when he gets his ball with the back, to, his back to the goal against Derby at home, when Pierce was manager, and you can almost just see the Trenton get up because they think if he gets this onto his left hand side, it's in. And I, I don't think many, as as good as Graben is in front of goal, I don't think he's quite got that. Explosive like I said, nature. Like I said yeah. earlier, it's sometimes people do expect him to put it on the back row from twelve yards, so. He has got that in the locker, but uh, yeah, I'd still say Brit. I think um, out of the five we put up on social, I'd probably I, I really liked all the other three to be honest. But just because of that one season when we got in the playoffs, probably Johnson would be third. Nice. As long as he leaves Graven alone, <laughs> a conditional, yeah, conditional factor. But anyway, on to um, something more fun. Uh, obviously, Lee has departed us for this part, but we'll be back later. But we have a quiz again. And obviously, as winner, I got to uh, pick the quiz this week. So um, I've gone again for three rounds. I think I've gone. I've got some fairly interesting ones. And I think it was, it was one generate one, one generate championship one, one forest specific one, and one sort of mixture. So I'll, st- <laughs> I'll start. I'll start with um, the first, the mixture. I'll give you the surprise early. So forest were relegated from the Premier League in the 1998-99 season. Can you name <laughs> the, the 36 clubs who have been promoted since our, our relegation from the Championships oh. of Premier League? That's a good one. You go fair. I like you go fair. So, uh, yeah, you know, and obviously, again, some of these teams have seen it multiple times. So, yeah, off we go. Adam, you can go first. Yeah. Uh, I'll stick with an easy one. Aston Villa. Aston Villa, of course, yes. Um, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yeah, sadly. <laughs> uh, Brentford. Brentford, most recent one, yep. Uh, Blackpool. Blackpool, yep. Uh, Charlton. Charlton, mm, yes, the done. very first one, the very first one. I say they should have done. Yeah. <laughs> Them lot down the road, Derby. Yep, sadly. Uh, Hull. Hull have indeed, yeah. Three times since Forest wow. have been relegated. Three times they've been promoted. Um, Ipswich. Ipswich Town were, yes. Mm. yeah. They were very early, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norwich, probably the most, surely. <laughs> Norwich, the joint most, yeah. They've been promoted a grand total of five times since Forest have last been promoted. Um, dirty Leeds. Leeds, yeah, one of the more recent ones. Uh, Newcastle. Newcastle done it twice, yep. This is a free one, isn't it? Manchester City. Manchester City have done it twice. <laughs> Yeah, back in the, like, the late night, early noughties. Still at Main Road with Sean Gota and Nicky Somerby. Yep. Um, Fulham. Fulham three times, yep. Uh, Middlesbrough. Borough have done it, you are correct. Uh, West Brom. West Brom done it five times, yep. Brighton. Brighton, yep. West Ham. West Ham, you are correct. Ricardo Vaste at Wembley, yeah, they've done it twice. Uh, QPR. QPR, of course, Zamora. Wigan. Wigan was that? 
Yep. We're going to die. Yep. Have we said Radin? We haven't. We've done it Radin twice, though. Wolves. Wolves done it three times. Yep. Um, Stoke City. Stoke. Yep. Southampton. Southampton, you are correct. Um, Sunderland. Sunderland. Yes, done it twice. Leicester. Leicester have indeed done it. They've done it twice also. Um, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace have done it twice. Just going to start getting, surely going to start getting hold, hard now. Um, well, I don't, I don't, I know, I'm not, I can't say that because I'm not sure if it's <laughs> after us or before us, you know. Tramir all over again. I've got, I've <laughs> yeah. got a couple. Yeah. Um, have we said Sheffield United? We haven't. We have now, though. They've been there probably yeah. twice. Yeah. Um, Watford? Watford three times. Yep. Now it's, yeah, it's going to start getting hard now, isn't it? Um, How many's left, Christian? Eight. Hey, I've got one. Huddersfield. Huddersfield, oh, yeah. The most boring playoff final. Of playoff <laughs> yeah, that was dire. Another crazy one from where they are now, Bradford City. Is he is Bradford? Yeah. They, they went up, hang on. Hang on. I'm sure they went up like 2000. Going to VAR. <laughs> I haven't got them here. So unless oh. I've got it wrong, I haven't got them here. I think Bradford went up for like 2000. Hang on. Yeah, I, I, I feel unless they went up the year we went down, which would have no, made sense, they no. wouldn't have come back since. No, I, I think I think this, the season we went down, they like came up. Yeah, me. I think I think that is it. Yeah, like we was like a cross change. Yeah, so obviously they were one of the teams that we replaced. Oh mm. no, <laughs> Adam! I think you I think you've won one, mate. Yes, well, I was going <laughs> to say Swansea, Cardiff. Oh, Swansea, Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got Swansea, Cardiff, Burnley three times. Birmingham three Burnley. times, Portsmouth, yeah. Bolton, and Bla- uh, Blackburn, the other ones. You say Blackpool as well? We yeah, say Blackpool. Said, yeah, we said Blackpool, didn't we? Yeah. Bolton was the one I wasn't sure about because I couldn't remember the timeline. So, but yeah, glad oh, I didn't yeah. say it, even though, even yes, though it was right. ninety eight, ninety nine. You're correct, yeah. Uh, unlucky, Reese. That was a good shout. Um, but now I'm going to move on to the Forest one, uh, which is... Can you name every Forest Player of the Year since 2000? There's some interesting names. Oh, every there. year? Every, the Player of the Year? Yeah, the Player of the Year, yeah. Fucking hell. Um, not that some of them fucking deserved it in some instances, but... <laughs> I don't even know it was last year. You got it last year. Jesus. This is um, going to be a very... I don't even know. I don't really... I'm, I'm going to struggle like Reese. I might be able to guess a couple. You'll get, I'm uh, guessing... You'll get, if you think about it well enough, you'll get a few. Adam, Chicago first this time. Yeah, of course. Actually, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Lolly? Joe Lolly won it in 2019. Yeah, the cranker season. Mm. Doris DeVries. Doris DeVries won it in 2016. I'm guessing Warrell won it maybe last season. Warrell won it last season, yeah. Right. So now, now it's got to get hard already. I've got, I've, <laughs> I've got, got one. I don't know. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> Um, I know I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put like an out there guess because this is like typical Forest to give it to someone like this, even though I did appreciate the player. Uh, Ben Osborne, Ben Osborne won it in 2018. Yep, <laughs> I'm guessing the Lamucci season, Matty Cash won it. 
Yes, Matty Cash won it 2020. Oh, no, it's going to be really hard. I'm going to go a bit bold and say Lewis McGugan. No. Nah. No. I thought he might have won it the season where he got like 14, 15 so goals. Can carry on, so in 2011, which he got first team league goals, McGugan, and basically mm. spearheaded our fights, our fights of playoffs. Fucking Luke Chambers won it that year, apparently. So, <laughs> um, and that's probably when it all went to his head and he started taking it out on fans and lost the captaincy and then went to Ipswich. But so from <laughs> 2000, so we've got Dave Besson, Chris Bart Williams, Gareth Williams, David Johnson, Andy Reid, Paul Gerrard, you mentioned earlier. Ian Brecken, Grant Holt, Julian Bennett, Chris Cohen, Lee Camp, Luke Chambers as mentioned, Gareth McCleary, Chris Cohen again, Andy Reid again, uh, oh, wow. Mikhail Antonio and Eric Lehigh. How have I not said Reid, Cohen or Antonio? That's, that's massive <laughs> names you've missed there, yeah. yeah, and yeah I mean, there's there's everything about the 2017 season where Lehigh won player of the year. Like, no disrespect to <laughs> that. <laughs> How did Thomas Lamb not win it that season? I know. Oh, okay. Or, or Pashtim Kasami. Can't, couldn't defend, but loved the goal. <laughs> Scored some bangers. He did, yeah. Did work hard. And this is one is for the generic championship. And I think you should rattle through these fairly quickly. I do have a tiebreaker for this as well. So and that's, how, that's how confident I am that you will succeed. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so there are 24 teams in the championship. Can you name every championship stadium? So do I go first? You go first, yeah. Yes, I get to say the city ground. You do get to say the city ground. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't know that one. Um, <laughs> oh, what are you gonna do with like the names? If I like say an old name, are we classing that as yeah? You know, depends like, how far like, back it goes. Well, it's like for example, like Reading's ground is now the is it select cars leasing majestic to me? Yeah, yeah. So select cars leasing stadium. <laughs> Would have accepted the Jason Stadium, but yes, you're correct. Yeah. Okay. The Rico Arena. Rico Arena, yeah. Otherwise now known as the Coventry Building Society Arena. Yeah, yeah well, that. that sounds stupid, doesn't it? It's another one to me would always be Dean Court, but it's the vitality isn't it now. Yeah, again, I will, I will accept Dean Court, yeah. I'm gonna say it because it's uh, I quite like the ground. The Cayenne Prince, uh, which yes. is obviously Loftus Road. Loftus Road, yeah. yep. Like Rangers. Um Craven Cottage. Yep, Fulham. I'm going to start struggling already. I'm not even going to lie. Ashton Gate. Ashton Gate, Bristol City. The scene of uh, Lalteo's heroics. Um, the Hawthorns. Hawthorns, yeah. West Brom, we're going down Friday. We, um, the Bet365. Yep, Lake City. <laughs> always, been a, always been a Britannia stadium. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kenilworth Road. Kenilworth Road, Luton, your favourite away day? It is. Bramall Lane. Bramall Lane, yep. United. Pride Park. Always yeah. your dar likes to call it Pride Dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um St Andrews. St Andrews, yep. Um trying to add my mind's gone blank now of teams. Yeah, yeah Riverside. Nice. Riverside Stadium Borough. Riverside Borough, yeah. Boxing Day for Trip for Forest on the horizon. Uh, Bloomfield Road. Bloomfield Road for Blackpool. Is is it KC Stadium, Hall Kingston Communication Stadium? Uh, oh, it's or is the that... MKM Stadium at the minute, but I will accept <laughs> KC Stadium, yeah. Christ. Um, the Den, or the New Den? The Den, yeah, Millwall. Uh, John Smith Stadium. Yeah, or the Kirkley Stadium, accepted either. McAlpine, I've always known that. What does 
I quite like Huddersfield's ground, actually. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, oh, I've gone blank. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I just went to think of Preston's one and I've completely forgot what it's called now. <laughs> um, I will not say that one then. Um, just trying to think. If we're not said team wise, uh, uh, Car- well, Cardiff City Stadium, innit? Cardiff City Stadium goes. is correct. Yep. Um, Bloomfield Road. That's that one. Oh, you said that. Blackpool. I said that one. Yeah. Um, Ewood Park. Ewood Park, Blackburn. Yep. Um, what? There are four Can left. Say- four yeah. Left. Not already. Jesus. Oh, so quick, yeah. oh, my goodness. I'm I trying to figure out what teams you've not said. Yeah. Not said Swansea, and I can't remember the name of the fucking stadium. It's not uh, Vatchfield. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, else have not said Swansea? Obviously, Preston, you touched on. Yeah, um, Preston. I can't remember the team. There's one who we've played at this season and won at under Steve Cooper, and there's one we go to. It's a very uh, notable away day for Forest. Oh, Oakwell, sorry, yeah. Oakwell, yeah. Uh, Deepdale. Deepdale, That's Preston. It. Yep. Yeah. Oh, There's two no. left. So Swansea and... Swansea and one more. And the other and... one is a place that um, is very well liked by Forest fans for an event that happened in the 90s. Oh, so is it? Oh, shit. 90s. <laughs> I can't remember what the Swansea's, what Swansea's count. Ah, uh, I know, I know, man. I know. Um, do you want me to give you the team, Adam? Yeah, go on. Peterborough. Oh, um, yeah, I can't even remember their name, Stadium. <laughs> so you can have the reach. Is it, is it London Road? London That's Road, it, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and then um, Liberty. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So Reese just wins that at the death. You got that's the last two. Wow. Yeah. So, so that means Reese wins two one on, on aggregate. Well, it's better than last week's performance, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Let, the board. Lee's got to come up with a quiz next week. Yeah, we'll go he's got to turn up for we'll around and around. Yeah, and then I'll go again after that. Anyway, <laughs> it's predictions time. So Forest hand Luton on Tuesday. And then West Brom on Friday. So we'll start with Reese. What do you reckon? Um, Luton, they have slipped a little bit, haven't they? <laughs> I think there was a lot of people's like dark horses at the start of the season for the playoffs just because they've signed, they signed like championship players who were good five years ago. <laughs> um, but they have got they have got some a decent a bit of some decent players. Luton have. Um, Harry Cornick's a decent lad, and they have got the two guys up front and that. Um, obviously, they had Lansbury in the middle, who I'm sure <laughs> will get a nice reception. <laughs> <laughs> um, a booze. Um, as much, I mean, I like Lansbury, so um, not really fussed about that one for me. Um, yeah, I'd ex- not expect because the championships are tough league, as we've seen today. You, you know, Derby's who are bottom of turnover, the side who could have gone back top. So, We've got to be looking to beat Luton at home, in my opinion. Um, I hate playing against Nathan Jones because I think he's an arsehole. Least favourite manager. Um, yeah. Um, but, 
yeah, we'll be looking for a win and building on that point at Reading. And then that point at Reading looks a good point yeah, rather than a decent earlier. point. Yeah. So I'm going to go 2 1 midweek because it will be a tough game. Is Chris Cohen still on the coaching staff there? I believe so. Yeah, you know he'll, he'll be giving Jones little pointers. We all know what it's like at Forest. You can kind of turn the crowd a little bit. You can kind of get the upper hand. Um, West Brom. Two months ago, you'd have probably said anything's a bonus at West Brom. I thought they would, them three would pull away, but they have kind of gone backwards a bit. West Brom. Um, I know they're still third, but like nine points behind, I think, the top two. So it's sort of cut adrift already, hasn't That it, really? is a game where what I've just said, how Luton might be able to turn our crowd. We could then turn their crowd a little bit. They will expect to probably turn over most teams at home. So if we can unrest the crowd a little bit, um, we can go there and get a result without a doubt. Um, we'll be a t- like I say, it will be a tough game and you know, like we mentioned earlier, it depends if, as well if Bong is part of the team because, you know, I don't like to pick on one player at all, but that would significantly weaken us. But this will, I am going to West Brom as well. I've never, ever seen us lose there. And I'm saying this touchboard. Um, and I'm like, like every, time I, yeah, every time I've seen us go, they were scored two every single time. So... I'm going to stick with a hat and go for a 2-2 draw West Brom, which if we can get four points out of the next two, I think would be a very good return. Good haul out. Adam, what about you? Uh, I'm intrigued to see what we do against Luton, be as it Bong is inept, <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, so I'll be interested to see what we do with that situation. Yates is out, so again... Um, Steve Cooper's got a few uh, questions to answer um, but again I'd like us to start turning our home form around that is literally probably what separates us from being this mid-table side to a top six challenger um, and someone that can get into the playoffs I think once if we sort our home form out wait away form kind of like it's like a free hit almost because yeah. nine, nine, nine times out of 100 most teams that have a really good home record end up in the top six most of the time because you can pick up like a few wins away from home and, and whatnot so if we can win Tuesday night um that'd be brilliant obviously like he said it makes the point on yesterday a good point so I'm going to go for a 2-1 I think it'll be a really hard game I, I really like that um I think it's Elijah Dubai out front I mean I'd love us to to maybe have a look at him in the summer or January or whatever, because I think he'd add a lot to us. He's big, he's tall, he's a, looks quite a mean striker to play against. Um, and he's finding the net this season. Um, yeah. I don't know, he struggled in the past. So that'll be a tough game. And then obviously West Brom is going to be another another really hard challenge. I don't think there is a really easy game in this league, is there? I think I say Not this really, every no. time. So like that, what Reece says, I think that's like a bonus. That, that's a free hit for, for, for me, in, in all honesty. I'll be pleased um, if we get a point. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if we won. I wouldn't be shocked if we lose. So, But with, with how we're playing and our attitude at the moment, I, I I wouldn't be shocked for us to lose, but give absolutely everything like we have been doing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. So um, I'm going to go with my, like, my heart says like 
we might win we might draw like one all but i think my head says we might lose one nil no it's, it's fair analysis that yeah we'll definitely interested to see what happens so late uh we'll wrap it up with you so we got your predictions for the luton and the uh west Brom game we got two tough games again um cliched isn't it but they're all tough in this league um <laughs> I think we might beat Lewin. I don't. I don't know why. Um, I actually had a pool match last week, and my mate's a Luton fan, and he offered me a tenner on the match, but I, I declined because I was a bit. I looked at the league table actually. I didn't realise that they were so high in the league yeah. table. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be a tough game, but I think we will just edge it. Maybe two-one Forest in that one. Nice. Um, West Brom's going to be a tough. You don't know what West Brom you're going to get, do you? If you get the one that's kind of, um, you know, warranted being third or fourth in the championship, then you're going to be in a spot of bother, especially at their place. But again, talking to some West Brom fans, it does seem as though they've really fallen off a cliff. So it could be a winnable game, you know. But then, on the flip side, you never know what forage you're going to get either. So, <laughs> and we could have Gaetan Bong to throw into the, the mix. Yeah, that is. That's um, I think if Bong plays against West Brom, we will get beat. To be honest, I think they'll just be wise to him. Um, as good as Scott McKenna is, he can't do the whole um, left hand side himself. What I would say, I think, is if if Bong does have to play, I'd definitely be going with the three centre halves yeah. just for a bit of extra cover. Um, Playing him in a flat four would just be suicidal. Um, I don't. I really can't think of a prediction. I'm going to go nil-nil. Let's nil-nil. go for a nil-nil. I've not picked one all season. Let's go for a nil-nil. We'll scrape a nil-nil. Nice clean sheet. Unless, of course, Bong plays, then we could get beat 3-0. <laughs> the variable factors are supporting Nottingham Forest. Um, from my perspective, if Bong plays, we lose both. If he starts, if he starts both games, we lose both. I don't think we... we We've seen time and time again this thing we can't carry passengers. If Bong starts both games, we will lose both games. If he doesn't and Colback plays and the new midfield is a slight concern for me against Luton, but I think we would have enough quality to get through. And I would actually agree with you, Reese, and go for a two one win there. If he doesn't play against West Brom, okay, we might lose a little bit going forward of Colback, but I think we'd be very solid on that right hand side. I could see us getting a draw, a one all draw. So I, I can see four points for the next two games if we approach it in the right way. If we approach it with Bong, then next Sunday we'll be here telling you about how miserable it is being a Forest fan again. So, <laughs> obviously, uh, thank you, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Thanks for uh, taking part, and yeah, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, with at least one Forest win, although two would be a bit better. Take care. See you later. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win. Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.